Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Does the metal that the blacksmith heats to a thousand degrees and pounds for hours, does it complain about the pain it's in as it's being forged to become stronger, as the impurities are melted and pounded out? Does the clay that's being hardened by the heat of the kiln cringe in fear? No, it gets harder. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Last week, we addressed the unconscious obstacle that sits between where you are and where you want to go in business and in life, the ubiquitous human experience of fear. We tend to complicate and obscure the path to self-development and personal progress, but the truth is that the path forward is simple, but it's usually difficult, a road paved with fear that we avoid facing through excuses. Your job then, as a person who wants to grow and evolve, is to learn how to track your resistance and make yourself optimally helpable. That means tracking your excuses, tracking your BS, tracking your laziness, and most importantly, tracking your fear. This is true if you're a student, an employee, or anyone engaging in the practice of self-management. So today I invite you to start earnestly examining the iceberg between where you are today and where you want to go. And I want to take a minute to tell you about my new upcoming course, Consider for a moment a question by way of introduction. What is your most important resource? What is your most important resource? Is it money? Is it time? Is it knowledge? Is it attention? I would offer it's none of these things. Your most important resource is your ability to change. Whatever it is you're after, it requires you to change. Have you noticed? New habits, new behaviors, new ways of thinking and being. Rarely does mere intention do the trick. You have to change. If you want different results in your life, you need to do new, often uncomfortable things that challenge you to be a different kind of person. And while we all like to say, I don't know how, or change takes time, the real reason that stops most people is their unconscious relationship to change itself. Your ability to identify the needed change and take effective steps to execute, I think, is everything. Many people know exactly what they need to do for years, even decades before doing it, and that gap is entirely about their relationship to change. So the question then is, is it possible to change how you relate to change? And my answer is, you bet. The first step is realizing that's the issue. You were taught Knowing about something is enough to make a difference, and you know by now that it's not. There's an old saying in Zen, to understand and not to be is not to truly understand. How do you bridge the gap between mere mental understanding and true embodiment of what you know? How do you do this as quickly as possible? That's what you'll learn in this 11-week course beginning January 9th, 2020. Come prepared to become someone else who happens to be you. Courses are free for Clear and Open members. For more information, head to clearandopen.com. Thanks so much for listening. 
Let's start the show. Lack of accountability is one of the biggest themes in small and medium-sized businesses. And I've worked with a number of clients who have this particular kind of uh, arrangement of circumstances. So there's a client who almost just under a thousand employees, a social services company, and the the top few layers of management was very tight. There were a lot of friendships, a lot of great love, and it was it was a family kind of business in many ways. And the business had grown from you know zero people and being in someone's living room to nearly a thousand employees over twenty years. And all of the problems in the business came back to a lack of accountability. Uh, the business struggled with profitability, struggled with cash flow, struggled with uh, employee drama and people not doing, doing basically mediocre jobs. And what I kept bringing the owner back to is the issue is accountability. And there were people who were in roles that were really not good for them. There were people who were in roles that uh, were over their heads. And this was a client who would give or lend slash give, he would sort of give loans out and never ask for the money back to these people because he loved them. But he brought his sort of family values into the business. And so accountability never really happened. He would let people get away with really unprofessional behavior. And so there was a childishness in the culture where the emotional maturity of the people in the business was like 11 or 12 years old. People wouldn't follow direction. They uh, needed supervision. It pulled a lot of the high-level managers down into doing basically babysitting work because people couldn't be trusted to do what they were told without being watched very carefully. Management, on the other hand, would be helping people to grow up and say, hey, it's your job to do your job. Let's look at why that's not happening. How is it in your self-interest to grow up here, to mature as a professional? Those conversations weren't happening. And so probably 30 or, yeah, I'd say about 30% of the labor costs were going into babysitting. And this is not uncommon at all. Babysitting and fixing people's mistakes. And so basically bodies were added as a, uh, as a way to fix the problem, but it's not really fixing the problem. It's a way to work around the problem. The problem was a lack of accountability. So the, what needed to happen is something that I have not only prescribed, there's that doctor kind of thing, right? I've not only prescribed for many clients, but I actually lived through this. I worked in a business uh, on, on an executive team with my friends before, and I learned the hard way what doesn't work about that? And the solution to this problem, when you're working with friends, you can't be friends. You have to sort of suspend the friendship in the business for at least a few months until you can learn that at work, you have a job, you have a role, and you stay in that role. Because if you inhabit the friendship relationship in that business, What's going to happen? That person who reports to you, who is your friend, you're not going to hold them accountable, not in the way they need, because you're not going to risk the friendship. Because most of the time, depending on how you inhabit friendship, but for most people, friends don't hold each other accountable. Friends don't bring really difficult truths to their friends. Friends don't fire other friends. 
But if you're friends with people in a business setting and you try to be someone's boss or coworker and their friend at the same time, I have news for you. You are not doing your job. And you're likely creating your own suffering and a lot of other suffering in the business. And then you'll work around that fact and try to solve your sales problems, your uh, marketing problems, your finance problems, whatever your problems are. You'll work around this very basic accountability issue and try to continue to be friends and coworkers with this person and try to solve the problem every, every other way. And I have news for you. It will not work. The same way that if you need to quit smoking, lose weight, and exercise more to avoid having another heart attack, for example, you can take pills and acupuncture and whatever, and it may help a little, but the reason it won't work is because you're not dealing with the root issue. And the reason you're not dealing with the root issue, now that is the question. That is the question. Why, especially when the solution is offered to you, by the doctor, which is the role I'm in very often. And I'll say, hey, problem in your business is a lack of accountability. And here's the thing. Here's, here's the solution path. You and your friends suspend your friendships for three months until you can learn to be all the way business person at work and all the way friend outside. And that's weird. I know I've done it. It's really weird. It's awkward at first. But it's the solution. It's the solution. Because anything else is a workaround. And life will not support that. Because, and this is the thing. This is the thing. When you resist the solution, the responsibility is on you to look at how and why you're resisting the solution. Right? What happens when someone quits smoking? All sorts of emotional pain comes up. Right? That's what happened. Not, not always, but usually emotional pain comes up. Why? Because the cigarettes are a drug that repress that emotional pain. And they work so well that it's predictable that when you quit smoking, emotional pain is going to come up, usually somewhere between anxiety and depression, because that's what the drug is numbing down. Right? So, whatever the issue is, whatever the thing it is that you're not wanting to change, it's because there's some feeling that you don't want to feel that you think you can't bear, some difficulty that you don't want to experience. Maybe you don't want to look at how, you know, uh, the friends that you think you have are actually not that close friends. Maybe you don't want to look at how you've had a friend for 20, 30 years that actually, because of their professional behavior, you don't really respect them that much. And if you were all the way in the role of managing them, you'd have to look at that. And that would cause change. Because that's ultimately what this comes down to. It's the fear of change. Does the metal that the blacksmith heats to a thousand degrees and pounds for hours, does it complain about the pain it's in as it's being forged to become stronger, as the impurities are melted and pounded out? Does the clay that's being hardened by the heat of the kiln, cringe in fear because it thinks it's going to be destroyed. No, it gets harder. Does the caterpillar who's melting into goo to become a butterfly clutch at their identity and say, but this is who I've always known myself to be. 
But this, that person's my friend. But I don't know any other way to do it. No, it transmutes. Only humans fear change. And that's not the problem. The problem is our denial of the fear of change. Because when you're aware of your fear of change and proactively look for it, then you can work with it. Then you can become stronger. But if you're in denial of your fear of change and you look at the solution offered to you by the experts and say, oh, learning all the A's on that fretboard, that's boring. I'll find some other way to become a great guitarist. Or having healthy professional boundaries in my executive team, that's uncomfortable. There has to be a better way. I'll work around that. Then you're resisting your own fear. You're resisting the process of sweating out your impurities to become stronger. You're resisting your own destiny, your own evolution. And so you will stay the same level of knowledge, the same level of skill, the same level of awareness, and then try to have your outside circumstances improve without changing you. Well, to me, that's hypocrisy. It doesn't work. And do you need to try that so that you have a direct experience of the truth that it won't work? Perhaps you do. That's not for me to know. That's between you and life. I would prefer it, and I think probably you would too, to learn the easier way rather than having to learn through abject failure, which is not necessarily failure if you learn the lesson. But wouldn't you want to learn the lesson with the minimal amount of pain? Wouldn't you rather hear the whispering rather than having to be yelled at by life? And have it say, wake up, right? We all know people who've married the same person three times in a row before they finally realized the common denominator was them. Did they need to do that? Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Who knows? In one way, I guess we could say they must have needed to do it because that's what they did. So it's a hard position for me to be in. And I'm sure you're in this position with someone in your life to be able to see the solution paths to people's problems and be patient and not know and to care as much as I do about people healing the suffering that they're in, to having their dreams and desires come true. Because it seems to me that it's so attainable. You know, the difference between where someone is and their dreams coming true is a handful of fears. It's not complex. We make it complex when we try to solve these issues some other way than dealing with the fear, than pushing through the fear, following the conventional or even somewhat unconventional wisdom that makes sense. So this uh, social services company I was talking about The CEO uh, I worked with for years, on and off, couldn't bring himself to hold his people accountable. In the end, in one way, we could say he was fortunate because he was able to afford to hire another CEO. He realized the problems got bad enough, and they had some serious money problems that I think were avoidable because they probably had 20% more staff than they needed because of the lack of accountability. 
And finally, he hired another CEO. And I said, well, if it's sort of like the same thing as Randy, right? I said, well, who's going to manage them, right? Who's going to hold them accountable? Well, she's an experienced CEO. She'll hold herself accountable. Well, we'll see, maybe. And she came in and did a lot of house cleaning, did a bunch of the things that I was recommending he do. And so in that case, it sort of worked. But there are a lot of problems in his family life where there's a lack of boundaries, uh, lack of um, accountability with his children. And he's going to learn that lesson some other way. And this person also has a serious difficulty managing himself, holding himself accountable, because he's someone who doctors have said, hey, here are these behaviors that would make you more healthy. Uh, I would, I'm concerned that this person is, is going to live an unnaturally short life because he didn't deal with the accountability boundary issue in the business. He worked around it by hiring a CEO to do it for him. But what's the cost of that? He didn't learn to manage. He didn't learn to manage himself. So those issues are just going to show up somewhere else. So this is what happens. This is what happens. And I try not to go into like, well, it's sad or it's tragic or anything like that. It's just the nature of human beings. You know, we, we're, we're not great listeners, it seems. And we really struggle with change. But, you know, if I could leave you with one message here, I think that would be see that your life is fundamentally about your resistance to change. That's what it's fundamentally about. If you embrace your resistance to change, your fear of change is what you're here to work through. Life doesn't care about how happy you are. It doesn't care about how comfortable you are. It uses those things as rewards for when you embrace and look at and push through and heal your resistance to change, your fear of change, your fear of the unknown, all of that stuff. So when a coach like myself or a therapist or any other kind of helper, a doctor, whatever, when they offer you stuff, here you have a problem, this is the solution to that. And you go, hmm, I'm not so sure. Got anything else? Be very careful. Because I can tell you, I don't push people as hard as I used to. It doesn't work. Just puts people's backs up, causes more resistance to happen. I just keep nudging. And I hope that they can learn the easy way so that they don't have to learn the hard way. That's my hope. Because I, and, and I go to work, and believe me, I don't give up. I try everything. How do I be a better nudger? How do I appeal to their self-interest? How do I chunk it down and make it easier to try? I rack my brain trying to, you know, make it so that I can get the information in somehow so that you're willing to try it. That's what I'm doing all the time. And, you know, I've gotten a lot better. (laughs) I can't, it's not magic because I can't just, if I could snap my fingers and make someone's resistance disappear, oh boy, that would be wonderful. But that's not how it is, right? Got to work for it. So, if you're a Clear and Open member or a Clear and Open client, I uh, this is a video that I'm going to ask people to watch in the beginning because this is all of what to keep in mind 
when you embark on this journey or receiving any teaching or help, that you are responsible for looking at how you're trying or not trying on what's being given to you. Because you, again, I've said this before, but it bears repeating. If you don't try out the things that I give you to solve the problems that you have, you are simply not qualified to think that they won't work. So if you, if you go bankrupt or your life turns into shambles like it did for Randy, don't blame me because likely I gave you the path and you decided that you needed to learn the hard way. And that's sad. It's too bad. Maybe it's exactly what you needed. I have a client that I just completed with recently, worked with for a really long time. And I think that they still think that they tried on a lot of the stuff that I gave them when the fact is they tried very, very little. And they were looking for, yeah, okay, well, I'll think about not smoking and getting more exercise. You know, this is analogy, analogously. I'll think about that, but maybe there's another way. Let's just keep talking about it. And then years and years and years pass. And guess what? Things got worse. And now that client is, uh, doesn't have the money to hire me so much anymore, but that's beside the point. Because if I put in that much effort with a client for that many years, if they were really hungry for the breakthrough, I'd work for free. But they got to show me that hunger. Because in the end, it's not about money for me. It's about change. The money is a symbol of your investment that helps you muster the courage to be willing to change. It's a, you know, like how people don't use free gym, gym memberships. It's an anti. It's an investment. And, you know, there's an exchange of value happening too. But if someone really cared about change, like, and showed me they were willing to do whatever it took and be brave, and suddenly they couldn't pay me anymore, I've done this before. I'd keep working with them. But I don't work through people's, I don't like navigating people's resistance. I won't do that for free because that's really the hard work. You navigate your own resistance. You do it. I can help, but you've got to own it by starting out with, I resist. I know. I'm afraid that thing you invited me to try, it scares the hell out of me. I'm afraid this will happen. I'm afraid that will happen. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's work through that. But if instead of being honest and looking at really what your resistance is, you give me excuses like, oh, what you're saying is too abstract. Oh, yeah? When I tell you just, you know, to, uh, establish a culture in your business where everybody does what they say they're going to do. And when they don't, you uh, have an accountability conversation with them. How abstract is that? That's not abstract. That I'm not offering real world solutions (laughs) when, when I've seen thousands of people implement them. Look at your excuses. Not for me, for you. Because you're working around the real solutions. You're working around dealing with whatever it is that's stopping you from facing the truth. And that is that you're living in some level of illusion where you think, for example, that you can be friends with and manage a person at the same time, which can't be done effectively. You want to keep that dysfunction in place and have the business succeed by not having to change that. Good luck. I've never seen it work. 
and the problems you have will continue will will continue to persist because those problems are there to wake you up to show you where you're not living in reality it's another way of talking about this reality is trying to show you through pain where you're not living in reality and then when people hire me all i do is look at your relationship with life and go oh you have this belief for example that you can be friends with the people who report to you and reality is trying to show you that doesn't work so here try this try being friends outside of work and being professional relationship only inside of work that's more in reality try that and when people go mm that sounds kind of weird well it is kind of weird because you've never done it just like those shoes you first put on feel kind of uncomfortable that's why you walk around the shoe store for a while try them on right you don't look at the shoes across the room and go oh those don't look comfortable try them on you don't know how comfortable they are or not you don't know maybe those are the perfect shoes for you try them on you're not qualified to say they don't fit until you try them on it's the i don't wanna it's the teenager in us that says no i think i know how to become a great guitar player without knowing where all the notes are on the fretboard cuz that's boring fortunately life is more patient than i am i i basically try to do what life does i try to bring as many different ways to you to wake up and that's how i've learned and that's how i try to emulate life cuz i think that that's what a good teacher does life is your teacher not me but I can be a stand-in for life and help translate for you, make it more clear what life is trying to show you. And I can speed up the process. But not if you don't listen and not if you don't try things on. And again, do I absolutely know what you should do? No, of course not. Cuz no human being has absolute truth. And I'm usually not wrong. the timing may be wrong you know like for randy he needed to learn his lesson the way he needed to learn it he needed to hit bottom he needed the like the sword like the clay like the caterpillar he needed to be dissolved pounded heated to 500 degrees so that those impurities through that pain would come out like the diamond that's formed under pressure that's just how it is sometimes So if that's the way you need to learn a certain thing then that's the way you need to learn it. But in the name of minimizing suffering, it's my role to help you not have to go through that pain. And so I do the best that I can. Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that Clear and Open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com/review and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.